Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Proclaim Emancipation Podcast. This episode, I'm going to be discussing the power of growing your own food and working towards being self-sufficient. This is uh, my number one goal that I write down every single day is wanting to be self-sufficient and help others be self-sufficient. Now, I mean, in reality, there's very few people out there that are truly, truly self-sufficient. That is my end goal. I still have a long ways to go, but that is what I work towards every single day. Uh, the number one most important thing, I believe, in that is going to be um, power, You know, getting get your energy, which depending on how you want to live that lifestyle, you may not even really need much energy because um, there's ways to do it with really, you know, you can do it with really no electricity. Um, but even really Amish don't even really do that. But uh, you can, um, oh, that, sorry, energy and food. Um, we go, you know, even Amish and that, they go to the stores for food, you know, that people that even our farmers don't live off all of what they eat. So being able to supply all your own food, you know, that comes from animal husbandry. Like, are you going to have cows? Are you can have chickens. Are you going to hunt if you eat meat? You know, I mean, you, you can be a vegan, but, you know, that, that's, it's all up to you and your lifestyle. You hunt, you know, but growing your own food is the number one thing. Uh, you know, you're going to have to, if you want to have fruit, you're going to have to have your own fruit trees. And fruit trees, they take a long time to be able to actually grow the, that fruit. You're talking about years for from planting a you know an apple tree or something, so it's something that takes a lot of time, takes a lot of energy. You know, have enough trees, fruit trees, or berry bushes, or whatever it is that you want. It takes you have to live in certain spots. You have to you know take care of these. You know, it's totally worth it though. It, it's very it's it's all worth it. It's all worth the effort. It's all worth the time. It's all worth the energy. Uh. You know, even there's trees that you may not even see, you know, they could take years upon years to, you know, really get to the point where they're flourishing. I really, I want to have, I love walnuts. So I want to have walnut trees on my property. That's for sure. I love walnuts. They're my favorite. Um, Yeah. When you, when they, you know, the Bible talks about like bearing fruit or, you know, the fruits of your labor, you know, that term that, you know, literally getting fruit literal fruit from your labor and your energy and time and dedication is it's wonderful i haven't truly experienced that my grandpa though he planted three pear trees for my grandma i i don't even know how many years ago i think it was a little bit before i was born so you know around 30 years probably and they are pretty big now and they they drop i mean hundreds of pears in the backyard at my grandpa's house so you know, he, my grandma loved pears. She wanted him to plant pear trees. So he, she did, or so he did and a cherry tree. But the problem is the cherry tree, the birds all eat all the cherries and stuff, but they're, you know, I've had some of the cherries from them. They're some of the best cherries, the fruit, like when you go, if you go to your grocery store and you see your fruit or even your veggies and you'll see a sticker on it from where it's from, you'll get, you know, blueberries from peru or whatever you're getting your fruit from other countries the further you are you are away from picking that food out you know coming from the ground to your plate the further that distance that travel the less nutrition you're going to get from it the, the, the less you know you're just not 
it's all it's getting dried up it's getting moved and shipped and touched and different air you know different exposure to different elements it's you know in the inside of airplanes or whatever it may be so the closer you are to picking the food and eating it or you know milking your own cow whatever it is the better it's always going to be you know when you have your own chickens and you have you know home eggs that it, it far outweigh or far it's just way better than the store bought anything uh it really just comes down to you really want it you want it done right you got to do it yourself and this this is an attitude i've adopted with, with everything really in life because you know there's so many times where you try to rely on other people to do stuff now you do have to rely on the people for for certain things obviously i i get caught up in this stupid pride thing that i've been working on forever to i have to i want to do everything myself i have this pride issue where i want to do everything myself because then at the end of the day i can say i did i don't know i really don't know why it i think it's partially because the idea of self-sufficiency like it's self-sufficiency you know i i do it all by myself but to truly be self-sufficient there's, there's almost no way you can do it well i can't there's not almost no way because there's people there's guys that live out in the wilderness solo and just live just live you know they just do it i'm you know i'm not trying to live that lifestyle that's not the life i'm trying to live but you know little farm house you know with your animals you got your fruit trees not trees you know plenty of farm you know i don't even really need like acres upon acres that's too much that's too much care too much effort has to go into it now to have some like woods in the backyard that I can go hunt if I need be stuff like that yeah, but I don't need more than a couple acres. I think personally, I think my optimal scenario what I would want is a small village like area, you know, several I don't know how many square miles you know however many people much people need but you got like a dozen two dozen three dozen families. And in your your however many however much area, and you all got your farm, you all got your animals, you all have some fruit trees, nut trees, and you have everyone has different varieties. You can barter with each other, you know. If someone needs some help, oh, or if you want to, you know, you trade. I got some chickens, you got some milk, you know, trade. Oh, your your crop died this year, we can help you out. You know that that to me is optimal scenario. Everyone has their own little farm. Everyone's doing their own thing, but at the same time, you're all doing a little bit different things, and you can share that with one another. You're close enough where you can be, you can rely upon your neighbors, need be, but not so close that it, uh, you know, you're up each other's butts. But this is just me. You know, every, everyone has their own community style. Everyone has what lifestyle they want to live. That's that's just me. I, you know, I kind of just want to be a, you know close enough where if you need someone they're there but far enough where you know you can go outside and you don't hear you know suburbia where just dogs barking cars driving and you're like ugh, noise you know you want to go outside and hear some birds chirping you want to hear your chickens you want to hear your cows moo you know you look out and you see your farm and you got your plants growing whatever all the veggies the herbs you know that's the dream. That's my dream. You know, it, it's a lot of work to get there. I have the vision. I know what I want to do. So number one thing I do is I write down those goals every day. So but yeah, the step working towards self-sufficiency is a, it's a long journey. It's a very long journey. There's a lot of steps that you need to take. There's a lot of things that you need to think about. 
you need to learn to do all these things ahead of time so that when you go and do it, you're not just totally screwed if you screw up. Um, you know, I started growing food with just sprouts and then moved on to microgreens. And now I'm starting to sell microgreens to farmers markets to try and make it as a little side business. Um, yeah, sprouts and microgreens, they're so healthy. I've talked about this in previous podcasts. They're so healthy. They're so nutrient dense. You know, people with cancer, they, they rely on them. You know, people that, you know, that aren't just relying on their doctors, that people, you know, have done the research. Sprouts and microgreens are so good for people with cancer, especially stuff like broccoli with this fluorophane. Incredibly, incredibly good for you. So these are things that if you are unhealthy right now, like for me, I was living, you know, the typical American unhealthy lifestyle. I was drinking Red Bulls all the time, blah, blah, blah. And I switched when I went to, you know, started eating healthier. I just going straight into sprouts, you know, straight into like 30% of what I was eating was sprouts that I was growing myself. So that was a radical change in my health, radical change in my diet, you know, radical change in my gut health, you know, big time. So doing things like that and taking the little baby steps, you know, sprouts are really, really easy to do. You get a jar, you know, I've talked about this on previous podcast. You just get a jar, you get the seeds, you let them soak. You, you rinse them off twice a day, bam, three, four, five days, you have sprouts you can eat. Nutrient-dense, delicious, fantastic. Now, microgreens is another step. You know, you need soil. You, they usually go, you know, 10 to 15 days probably on average. You, you know, there's a lot more care into it. You need, a, you need a light. You can't really, you can grow them in the sun. They're just a little bit... It's a little more difficult getting those with the sun. I think it's really easy to move the jars around as you go. You know, when you're moving trays around, it's you want a shelf. You want to keep them where they are. You know, I'm, I'm probably up to like, uh, I'm doing like 15 trays. So like eight trays every every week, basically well, ready, ready each week. I'm doing like eight trays per, you know, farmer's market date. So that's, you know, something I'm doing to take steps. You know, taking those steps too is okay, I'm... I'm selling and trying to make a little bit of side money off of something that I'm growing. To me, that's, you know, that's a self-sufficient process because it's like out there, you know, I can barter with that, you know, in a God, God forbid, a collapse scenario, money's not worth anything. I can grow my own food. I can barter that food. You know, I know how to grow microgreens, you know, because there's going to be people that are sick. You know, there's a lot of people that have cancer. There's a lot of people that have diseases they're not aware of even right now and they're really unhealthy people are going to need these things people are going to once like if more people realized how good microgreens and sprouts are for you they would be selling out everywhere and there's not you can't the farmer's market i'm at there's no one selling microgreens i'm the only one there selling sprouts and microgreens the farmer's market is really it's that one is more it's almost like a crafter's market there's a bunch of people with like shirts they make and some jewelry they make and candles. You know, one dude had his, you know, homemade honey and stuff. That's awesome. But like there wasn't a lot of like greens. There's no one with sprouts. There's no one with microgreens. You know, these are things that are as they they're becoming more popular, but at the same time they're not nearly popular enough. So, you know, you want to make a little bit of side money doing that, I highly recommend it because it's something like for me with a business forever, it was always I needed to be doing something where I'm actually helping people, actually providing value to be making money off it. Because if I'm not, you know, if I'm just making pure, I couldn't, I could never go into a business just to purely make money if I'm not offering anything to anybody. So this is a perfect way for me is it's very health beneficial for people. 
and it can also make money off it. You know what I mean? This, the microgreens themselves don't cost a lot. It's the logistics of it. It's the electricity for your grow lights. It's the soil. It's, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it's really easy to start microgreens. I'll probably make an episode just on microgreens at some point. Uh, but there's, you know, there's a lot of podcasts already on it. There's a lot of good videos already on it. You know, it's nothing really that's not out there. So, I, I guess I really just, I just talked about, you know, what's really most important there is that, you know, it's one step of difficulty above sprouts, but at the same time, it's not, you know, caring for a fully a grown, a fully adult plant for 60 days, 90 days or whatever. That's a step, you know, I, I'm doing here and there, but, you know, I, I took care of my dad's garden a little bit, but where I'm at right now, the, I have like woods kind of close to my backyard and there's no... You know, I, I have some plants just on the deck, and they've already been eaten alive by bugs, you know, all like crazy. So the chance of having bu- anything survive in the ground back there, you know, it's not on my deck. There's so many bugs, you know, so many bugs. Bugs you got to watch out for. It's, I don't know, if you have healthier plants, they'll, they'll be fine mostly. But, you know, what are the uh, aphids? Those little aphids, man, they'll get you and they'll just, you just start seeing little holes appear in your peppers and stuff. And you're like, oh, man, come on, man. Come on. Now, microgreens, the biggest issue I've had to worry about with microgreens was uh, those little fungus flies where if you water too much, well, really, you should be watering from the bottom. That's my, one of my first lessons I learned was get those two trays with the drain holes and water from the bottom. Because uh, you'll get fungus flies. That's one thing I learned real quick probably the most important reason to be growing your own food right now especially micro you know starting microgreens besides the nutrients is just the fact that everything in a store is just so riddled with you know besides trying to find something that's not gmo you know everything organic has skyrocketed in price you know you go buy seeds you know organics can be a little more expensive but compared to going to a store and paying for organic stuff that you you can't even trust if it's really organic you know it's 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 a minefield of toxins and chemicals like glyphosate pretty much you know that's that's even the thing if you go buy store-bought produce you're still more than likely getting glyphosate or you know any other besides pesticides fungicides whatever else um it's 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 a minefield you know there's a lot of places a lot of grocery stores don't even offer anything organic you know there's a giant eagle around here that has some organic things but it, it doesn't seem any it just seems more expensive it doesn't seem any better it, it really doesn't like i know it, it might have less chemicals i'm sure it has some less chemicals than the regular stuff but you can't you can't trust it you can't trust it the only way you can trust it is by having your own f- food and by growing your own that that's really it and that's really the biggest thing for gro- the reason for growing food in my opinion besides obviously like that you grow your own food you have no reliance on anybody else you don't have to go to the store it's all there in your house but the food that's out there is just there's so much crap in it there's so you know besides being genetically modified and processed and everything else you know the glyphosate the the aluminum whatever else they're spraying in the skies that's falling down and getting in the soil it it's it's unavoidable unless you are growing your own you know, having your own good purified water, make sure you're doing it all yourself. That's the only way you can really trust it.
very important to learn how to grow food, especially sprouts and microgreens, because you can grow food in less than a week to two weeks. So that that's a very powerful thing. That's a very empowering thing. I've talked about this again on previous podcasts. It's just very, very important to have nutrient-rich food ready with under a week. I mean, that's, you know, all you need is seeds and water in a jar. That's it. That's it. So, you know, everybody should be going growing sprouts, you know. Once you grow sprouts for a few months, learn to grow microgreens. And once you learn to grow microgreens and it's in season, get ready to have a garden. You know, that's that's the steps I've been taking, and it's been working for me. Um, another big thing with uh, being self-sufficient is water. You know, it's really expensive to install a well, but that's one thing that you kind of have to do, or have you know have a good fresh water stream. I think they have water purifiers that don't actually use electricity. I mean, you can get those like store-bought ones where it has like a little filter or whatever. You can get those and use those to eternity, I guess, if you had enough. But, you know, you want some good water. Uh, I mean, if you're in a self-sufficient like survival situation, just having water in it all is going to be good. You know, as long as it's not toxic. You know, you got to watch out for the chemicals, especially the groundwater. If you're in a good area that had didn't have a lot of like factory farms, you know, you, you could be okay. But deep, deep water wells, thats those are the best way to go. Uh, I know we have some houses around here that have, like, well water, and the water always smells, but at the same time, it's, like, it's better than city water. You know, the city water doesn't smell, but it's going to have a lot worse stuff in it, you know, heavy metals and stuff like that, fluoride. But, uh, yeah, water is a big one. Water is one that I haven't – that's one step that I haven't taken yet. Same with energy. I don't have a generator yet. That's one thing that's been on my list, but it's like, okay, I can't afford a good, good house generator yet. I'm not trying to get rid of an ounce of gold to get a generator, you know what I mean? So, you know, because they can be, they're good ones, you know, 1500 two grand, you know what I mean? They're, they're expensive, but they power your house. But even then, the issue with generators is you got to have gas. And if there's no gas for what, you know, God, whatever, forbid, whatever reason, you know, or gas is twenty dollars for a gallon. You're you you can't be powering your house twenty four seven using a generator. That's just not that's not the way to go. Now, if you really want to be self sufficient, they you know just build your own free energy device. But I mean, I'm, I'm I'm half joking because people there are people out there with free energy devices that are powering their homes and everything in their life with free energy. They just don't talk about it because they know that they come out and talk about it. They're you know government intelligence agencies are on them just instantly that's that's one thing i've learned is that these intelligence agencies and governments will not mess with you if you're not marketing your product if you're not trying to sell your product if you're not spreading your product if you're using if you invented something and you're using it just for yourself and your family and you're not telling everyone about it and how to make it they'll leave you alone they will leave you alone they won't mess with you and that's one thing i've learned is like People talk about, you know, wanting to, you know, go live in the middle of the nowhere, get some people, you know, just going out and live in the middle of nowhere on their own. And when I talk to people about that, they're like, oh, what are you going to do? It's like a Ruby Ridge situation. And I'm like, 
man, you see that that's 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 where it is. They have these situations like Ruby Ridge, where it's a you know a setup from the start. I think so, and it's all to get people into not wanting to go do that, into not starting local communities that are completely off the grid and all that. It's fear. It's always fear. You know, fear is their main source of control. It's their main source of control. So if you can get people to think that, the, you know, if they go live on their own off the grid, the government's going to come and shut them down, then people will just won't go live off the grid and they'll just let the government shut them down. That's like, it's almost like a little paradox that, you know, people think that the government can go shut them down so that they don't do anything. But in reality, the government is just making people think that they can shut them down to shut them down. It, it works that way. So I don't even know if paradox is the right word, but you get what I'm saying. It's, it's like an upside down scenario where the government is making everyone think that they're all powerful when in reality they're not all powerful. It, if you've seen that episode of South Park where it's about 9-11 and the, uh, the Hardly Boys or whatever I think it is, where they, uh, it, it's like towards the end, and you know they had made it so that they thought the government did 9-11, but in reality the government had to make them think that they did 9-11 so that they could appear all-powerful. And I'm like, there's some truth there. There's something there because the government can't, you know, I've seen it with COVID and with this vaccine, and it's, it got me for a little bit. You know, people thinking that the government was just going to come and knock on your door and make, you know, with the military and make you take this vaccine. That's not how it works. They can't do that. We have free will. There's a, if they could just do that, then there's no need for the news media. There's no need to convince everyone. There's no need to use social media bots to convince people of a narrative because they could just come and do it. The problem is they need people's consent. They need the propaganda to convince people that you know they can come to their house and take an injection or be forced to take an injection so that they just take it anyway. It's once I saw that for what it was and I was, it was really explained to me and shown like they, you have free will. They can't just do that. And I'm like, yeah. Cause that's one thing I always talk to people about or when I talked to people about it, this for you know years ago was like, you know, it, I talked to someone about this, like, Oh, they're going to do this. They're going to do this. And they're just like, Oh, well, if they can do all that, then why don't they? And it's like, at the time I didn't have an answer. I was like, you know, why, why don't they, why are, why don't they, why, why, if they could, why don't they? And now, you know, kind of years later, I fully understand, I fully understand, I don't know if I really fully understand anything, but I understand more so that they can't just do that. They can't just come in and take stuff over. There has to be some sort of consent or a consensus among people. And I think that's what a lot of this data collection is about. You know, it's about manipulating consent, which I touched about in my last episode, and getting people to be okay with evil. You know, to be getting, you know, get be okay with being taken over and have their rights taken away constantly. I think that's really the whole point of the media is manufacturing consent. Like that one, uh, it's the Noam Chomsky book. Uh, it's, it's what it's all about. That's what media is all about. It's a manip- you know, manufacturing, manipulating consent and getting people to agree with things that they normally wouldn't. Uh, was it Yuri Bezmenov? I think it's that KGB defector. He's been brought up a lot, but that KGB defector that basically you know saying how they, um, how they manipulate 
people through media. Uh, I can't remember the rest of it. I think I don't, I don't even remember if it was him or it was someone else. I think no, no, sorry. It was uh, it was just I think a CIA intelligence guy. He uh, he said that basically there, you know, the the CIA's whatever operation or pro- whatever. Sorry, it's whatever project it was or system. That's gonna. It was gonna be basically once it was gonna be complete once everything the American people knew was false, and when you think about it today, like how much of what we know is even true? If you were to just follow the media, just follow the mainstream media, and you, I mean, you wouldn't know anything. You would be totally wrong about almost everything, and, and that's where it gets to a point where they've created this where people that have eyes to see and ears to hear. They automatically assume the media is lying. I pretty much automatically assume the media is lying. Now, there's certain things that it's like, okay, you know, they're not lying. You know, they're, but they'll spin things a certain way. They'll make things, you know, it's how they present them. It's a very, it's much, much deeper than simply presenting a lie on a screen. It's, it's more so getting you to feel hopeless getting you to feel like everybody else thinks that's okay this is one thing that i've only grasped within the last year maybe is that media isn't necessarily about control like mind control in the sense that it's manipulating what you think in a like uh it's not getting you convinced that something is true it's more so to convince people that are aware and stuff just to make them feel hopeless to make them feel down and depressed and anxious about the world. Because if you see the news media and you see it for what it is, you see the news media and assume that other people are watching it so that you uh, you think that other people are like that and, ever, and the rest of the world sees it and thinks that it's okay because it's on TV. When we know that it's a lie, we know that it's false, but it makes us feel hopeless in the sense that we see that and assume that other people think that. When in reality, a lot of people deep down know that it's a lot of BS. So that's something we need to understand. and We need to come together more on as people. And, you know, if people, you know, if, you know, semi, God forbid, I don't know if it's, it, it's a good thing in the long term. It's a very bad thing in the short term. But if the grid were to go down, the Internet were to go down, people would come together really quickly. We would realize, hey. We don't have a lot of differences. They've been dividing us through media, you know, internet, TV for decades now, you know, almost a century with radio and everything. You know, it's all manipulation. So we're not that different. Why aren't we just living? You know, you still need to eat. I still need to drink water. We still need somewhere to live. You know, why can't we all just work together and share what we got? There's an abundance. And I mean, absolute abundance abundance of everything on this beautiful planet or sorry plane realm whatever you want to call it i let's just stick with realm but there is an abundance of resources in this realm an absolute abundance so to, to think that there's too many people or that there's not enough gas or there's not enough food is total totally manufactured and it's manufactured and not even just physically in the sense that we you can't go to the store and get it, but it's manufactured in your head to make you think that there isn't enough, to make you think that there isn't, you know, there is no water or there's no food. When in reality, there's an absolute abundance. There's so many seeds. There's so many different types of food, fruit, like 
foods you can grow in your backyard, in your basement, you know, get a light bulb and, and a tray, it, grow your own food. It's, it, you can be as crude as you want. You can be as professional as you want, but it's something that everyone needs to start doing. You know, I want to get to the point where I can just, I don't just do lessons on teaching people how to grow food, how to grow sprouts, how to grow microgreens, and eventually how to grow full food, how to, you know, till a garden, how to take care of a garden, all that stuff. I think it's so, so important. I think that's how we get back this country, how we get back to where we should be as a species, living off the land and existing with the land, not having all this technology do everything for us, not living on our phones, living on our computers, you know. Because that's, that's what this planet's all, this realm, this life's all about. I mean, well, really it's about everyone learning lessons and doing what they need to do as a soul with their soul contract and all that. But we're meant to live with the earth, one with nature, not through technology and through all these other artificial means that we've developed. It totally detaches us from source, detaches us from nature, detaches us from our true selves. So, you know, you get out there, you get grounded, you get your hands in the soil, you get your feet in the soil. It's a different feeling. There's something to it. You know, anybody that's gone out there, you know, been th living through technology, you know, like I have since literally as long as I can remember, I've been living with technology, you know, computers and all that. And to go out and just have your feet in the soil, your hands in the soil and, you know, working, pulling weeds, you know, sowing seeds, it is, there's something to it. There's a, there's something to it. You just, it just feels right. It feels right. A great resource to check out if you are at all interested in being self-sufficient and living that lifestyle is Self-Sufficient Me on YouTube. It's an awesome dude that is just all about homesteading, mostly gardening based, but it does all sorts of awesome stuff. Uh, it, there's really, I mean, I get caught in the trap in the YouTube in the YouTube trap still, where it just kind of go by recommended. I'm just kind of scrolling through, just kind of killing some time. I've got a lot better at that, but at the same time, YouTube is a wonderful resource to learn things. Pretty much anything you need to learn that's important, you can learn on YouTube. So good YouTube channels like Self Sufficient Me and Epic Gardening and stuff like that. Uh, if you want to start growing microgreens, especially as a business, Donnie Greens. I've been watching a lot of that dude's stuff now because I want to start scaling up my microgreens and try and make a business out of it. And that's a guy that I've really been watching and paying attention to because he puts a lot of great information on YouTube. And there's there's all sorts of great information on YouTube. You get caught in that recommended trap, you'll waste hours on there. And I know because I've, I've been there, I do that, it happens. You know, it happens. That's the only real great you know that's my really only time waster on the computer anymore is going on and i i'll watch an hour of youtube and i just kind of finish and i'm like uh what i just watch but you know i don't really play video games anymore and all that it it happens i don't use any other social media i go on twitter to see what's trending out of curiosity and then i get immediately off because if i look at anything it just hurts so yeah you gotta get off the social media it's all crap it's all crap you know I go on YouTube to look up something, and you see one suggestion, and oh, and then you're just gone. It it gets you. It's a trap. But yeah, use those resources positively. You know, they're really just tools. You know, they, and all they're doing is just presenting you with something, and you're clicking on it. And I say you, I mean me. But uh, 
yeah use the resources you have because there's a lot of great resources out there i got a lot of great books on stuff like this um number one book i could probably recommend to get started on a lot of homesteading type activities and self-sufficiency is the encyclopedia of country living by clara emery or sorry carla emery uh fantastic book fantastic you can get it I think for like $25 at Barnes and Nobles or something, it is, I mean, it's fantastic. There's so much stuff in there. It doesn't go into like full detail on everything, but it gets you started. It's like an encyclopedia. It gives you a great baseline of information on really everything you need to know for homesteading. And then you can go and research more, more stuff yourself. Fantastic book. Um, you know, it, and you got, and there's another aspect of the self-sufficient, lifestyle that you know i didn't really think of at first but it's something that's going to come up is being able to be your own doctor uh if you're living out in, you know the semi-wilderness on a farm you know miles away from civilization you break your arm or something like that no okay i should i should i should uh preface this by saying that if you do break an arm or a leg or something like that definitely go to a a hospital or you know trauma care emergency care whatever because in america our trauma units are fantastic we have the best trauma units in the world and if you do break an arm or you know your car accident whatever something like along those lines like real physical trauma go to the doctors go to emergency care go to a hospital because they're fantastic now in a emergency scenario for something like that you're very very far away then you know it's good to have stuff on hand uh have you know real sturdy uh what's the word you want to have first aid kits with a lot of good supplies a lot of good stuff that you can use um they have trauma care kits that you can get you know stents and all that uh but i mean something very bad happens you should get to a hospital but you need to for little things like here and there like for colds flus like there's people that go to the doctors for colds and flus that's silly there's a lot of stuff you can do there's herbal treatments there's i mean essential oil treatments you can use there you know some people will literally just let it i think personally that when you're sick like that it's just your body detoxing so if you have a cold you have a flu it's just let it play out let your body detox get out whatever it needs to get out you know, don't take Tylenol to stop the the uh, inf- or the um the fever because that's you're raising your body temperature is what's getting that stuff out of you. You know, there's a reason why people go into saunas. You know, sauna, it's you're sweating that stuff out of you. You're getting it out. You're getting all the bad stuff out. That's what it's about. That's what the detoxing is. So you let it run its course. You know, or you take rem- like if you have stuff you have to do. You can there's certain remedies that you can you know that are just natural. They're herbal. You know, like essential oil ones are good ones, but um, stuff like that's you need to learn. A great book for it's literally called "Doctor Yourself" by Andrew W. Saul. You know, it just has a whole bunch of you determining what's wrong with you without having to go to a doctor, and you know, homemade remedies that you can use to you know get over a cold or get over a flu, whatever it is. Little things, you know. Another thing too is when you're self-sufficient. And you're living that lifestyle. You're living off what you're growing. You don't have to worry about mental health. There's no worrying about mental health because your mental health will be there 
and will be positive because of what, the lifestyle you're living. You're eating good foods. You're getting good exercise. You're grounding and being in nature. These are all things that will improve your mental health no matter what. So there's no going to the doctor for depression or whatever and getting on SSRIs because you're, you know, you're living in nature. You're living as, you know, as humans really should be living as one with nature and one with the earth closer to source. So that's a that's a big one that, you know, as I started getting more towards a lifestyle, eating healthier, getting more exercise, getting my feet in the ground more, I don't have nearly the issues with depression or anxiety. I mean, the anxiety is pretty much totally gone. It's all of that's really just kind of in place with a little bit of stress, which even that's gotten better lately. But I mean, it's just there's there's stress with life, you know, especially the world we live in right now. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff to prepare for. So, you know, it gets to me once in a while, but I'm doing better than I ever have. So I can't really complain too much. Come a long way. And it's, it's really all about taking steps every day. You got to take a little bit of steps every day. Start small. You know, like I said, start with sprouts. Learn to grow sprouts yourself. Care for sprouts yourself. And then move on up. Move on to microgreens. And then, you know, grow full-grown plants under a grow light. Go full-grown plants in your garden. It's it's baby steps until you're at the point where you're growing everything that you're eating. You're milking, you know, you're getting animals. And you start with four chickens. You know, don't start with 100 chickens. Start with four chickens, eight chickens, 12 chickens, you know, just enough to have some eggs. You know, then once you get a bunch more, you can, you can learn how to butcher them and you can get your own chicken and all that. You know, it, it's a it's a process. There's so many different things, you know, you have to learn to make everything yourself. Like that's one thing I really want to do is learn to make everything from scratch, everything from scratch. You know, make my homemade soaps, make homemade everything, really. That, you know, the true self-sufficient lifestyle where you, Everything you use is stuff that you gathered and crafted or grew yourself. It, it's a long journey. I'm sure it's very difficult, but at the same time, I'm sure once you're doing it all and you're in it, it just feels like second nature. It feels like what you're supposed to do. I can't wait for that. It's going to be wonderful. So one major thing to think about when you are working towards being self-sufficient, obviously you need to get some land. And location is really everything with that. You know, if you can get somewhere that already has maybe a well in and you also have like a fret, like a river or a natural pond or even, you know, just a man-made pond that you can get some fish in, you know, uh, you, know you don't want a uh, swampy area. You want some good, you want some good fertile soil. Uh if you can be next to a river and you can get like hydropower, uh, you know, that if you could power your home with hydropower, that'd be the way to go. That'd be, I mean, that's optimal. You know, just solar and water. Well, solar, solar is the panels are very high EMF emitters, but besides that, solar is obviously fantastic. Um, it's just those panels. There's a lot of issues with those panels. Uh, yeah, look at, you know, getting that good shelter in a good location, you know, figuring out how you're going to make it. Are you going to get a are you going to get land? Are you going to build on that land? Are you going to get a place that already has a residence built, you know, build a barn, you know, build a shelter for livestock, stuff like that, or are you going to get somewhere that already has it? 
And the problem is places that already have that stuff are going to be really expensive. And then to build those things, it's really expensive. So, you know, for me, I, you know, that that's, that's going to be the hardest part is doing that. It's really kind of just comes down to saving up as much money as you can for the right place and waiting. Well, frankly, at this point, waiting for the crash, which is inevitable. But you, you got to have like precious metal, something that's going to hold value through the dollar possibly crashing completely. So it's it's really waiting for the right time. The, the bubble has to pop and things are going to be real cheap at some point. So that's kind of when I'm, you know, I just got this place I'm renting for another 10 months and by then you know I, I have a list of goals i want to be at you know hopefully find a wife fiance whatever i'm gonna uh have at least like 70 percent of what i grow just in my basement is gonna be what i eat you know stuff like that it's just constantly working towards the goals of being self-sufficient which i don't even know if you know i can't ever be truly self-sufficient i feel like self-sufficiency coming comes and goes because there's gonna be times where you're gonna rely on other people you know now that i think about it i don't think there is such a thing as true self-sufficiency because self-sufficiency because it's like to be self-sufficient that's all on yourself and to do everything by yourself that you need other people for even if it's just like emotional support or physical support that you know not everything's a one-person job or a two-person job you know so really the term self-sufficiency probably isn't really the right I mean, we know what we're talking about. We know what we're going for. But I don't think... Because you have to have a strong community, too. You know, what are you going to do? I mean, there are people, obviously, that live completely alone in the wilderness off like that. But that that's not even really what I want. I don't... I guess I don't... You know what I mean? I guess now when we're thinking it, maybe I don't really want true self-sufficiency. You want a good, reliable community as well. Not that you're... We're, I guess... Let me take... Let me think about it. Hmm. So... I guess what I'm saying is you want to be self-sufficient in that you have all your basic needs met in a regular scenario barring some sort of emergency. But you want to be close with community to the sense that if something goes wrong or there is an emergency, you can rely on those people. I guess it's not – so you're not relying on people for day-to-day -day stuff would be self-sufficiency. You're not relying on anyone else or any other system. But at the same time – you still need to have people that you can rely on in emergency situations or if something goes wrong, say you lose crop or something like that. Because, I mean, if you're really, truly, truly, truly self-sufficient, like self, like loner self-sufficient, that's that's risky. Something goes wrong, you're, you're screwed, you're dead. You're in the middle of the woods by yourself, you're screwed, you're dead. So, I guess, you know, I'm just kind of thinking that out live. I, you know. This because you know words are weird. You know we can we can say words, we can say phrases, but when you break them down into what they really are, what they really mean, you know it can be just different. But you know, but it's 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 good. It's self sufficient. You know you're you're within your family unit being sufficient, like self sufficient. That's yeah, just kind of rambling. Um, but yeah, that is a. Uh, Basically, the biggest things that I, I see when you, you're, you, in general, you want to supply your own food. If you're being self-sufficient, you need to be able to supply your own food, which is growing your own food, you know, having your own chickens, having your, you know, doing butchering, butchering, you know, hunting, doing all, all those things. 
water. You want to have good, at least somewhat purified water. Not, I guess, I don't know if you purify, but decent. You want to have water that's not just chemical runoff water that's coming off, you know. You don't want to obviously use chemicals on your farm ever. Uh, you want a good shelter. Are you, you know, are you going to get land and then are you going to build on that land or are you going to um, find a place that already has a, you know, a, loca- or a house built, a barn built? You know, it's always better, I think, to find the land because you're probably better off finding, you know, it's really hard to find good land combined with a good, you know, good developments uh, because people are living on those for, you know, forever and they're passing them down to their families. The chance of finding a good one on a decent price is slim to none. So your best bet really, unless, I mean, you can obviously look, it's, it doesn't hurt to look, but your best bet is going to be finding somewhere where it's a good land and then developing on top of that. You know, if that means you're living out of a mobile home or a trailer or, you know, a tiny little barn, you know, 500 square foot barn for a year or two, then so be it, you know, it's worth it. And there's a there's a there's a humbleness that comes to that if you're living out of basically a, a room, you know. So, location, find the shelter, determine what you're gonna do with that. You know, get your get your uh, shelter for your livestock, things like that. Irrigation, whatever systems you're gonna set up. You know, if you're gonna make a, a build a pond or dig a pond for. Uh, you can put fish in there, and then you can you can always have fresh fish. And then the big one, I think the biggest one that's probably the most difficult to do truly by yourself is energy. Then that's why location is important because you can get a good river. And then community. Um, community is very important because it's not truly being self-sufficient, but in the sense that you want to have other people around you that are self-sufficient. I think that's very key. You want to, because we all have our own, we all have a, you know, what, what's the term, vibe with your tribe. We all have people out there that are similar to us, that want to live similar lifestyles to us, and it's kind of up to us to find those people and then form those communities. You know, everyone forms their communities communities now online. You have all the online communities, but it's much, much more important to form physical communities in the real world, you know, live around each other, be around each other, Cause that's you know, that's the best way to go. I, I and that's all. That's just me. That's my opinion. That's how I want to live. You know, that's how I see it. So you know, everyone everyone can see it differently. And that's what's what's great about the world is there's so much room, so much space, so much abundance of everything that we can all have our own thing. You know, as long as we're following God's law, living justly, not harming others. You know more power to you know live your life there's so much to experience on this in this realm so experience it love it all that's what it's here for and just remember that if you are reliant on the system you are compliant with the system so if, if you are still tied to the system you're still in a way complying because you have to play along somewhat you know if you're getting your energy from energy companies whatever so it's you know it's it's always it's just constant moving towards getting away from that and once you have no reliance on the system then you are you know free sovereign individual and that's the goal and that's what we should all work towards so it's constantly working towards that you know i still have a long way to go i just try to you know let people know 
the basics on where you got to start, what you should look out for. You know, I'm, I'm still way, you know, way beginning on it. I'm just trying to grow my own food and go from there. Cause I think that's number one, but, um, yeah, hope you enjoy this. You learn a little bit, you, you know, take some of what I said and go research it more yourself. Cause I'm still researching this all the time. There's a lot of great books out there on homesteading and self-sufficiency. So just keep working towards it. That's the goals. You know, eventually, you know, we can have our own communities and it'd be great. It'd be wonderful. So I love you all. Thanks for listening and continue in love and abundance.